0: In the early days, there was a lot of like, no, Jay, we're not going to go smash mailboxes right now. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, hey, I know that race didn't go so
0: well. We're not hopping in the pickup to go smash mailboxes.
1: Hey,
2: everybody. Welcome to The Quiver Show. This is our audio journal about family, life, business, and the search for our best selves. We hope you enjoy.
0: Oh, is it time for a <laughs>
2: Today, we have a very special guest, the man, the myth, the legend, Jeremy Powers. Now I've known Jeremy for over 15 years as Uncle Powers, one of my brother's closest mates. He either lived with Mukunda or nearby, but was always off somewhere in the world riding his bike. He would come back and tell me about an awesome airport ninja move he pulled off or an interesting food he'd eaten in Europe or Japan. But when doing a little research for this episode, I discovered that Jeremy is an absolute legend in the cycling world. He's beaten the best of the best and cemented his place in history as one of the greatest cyclocross riders of all time. I'm going to highlight just a couple of things here so you can get the picture. Jeremy is a four-time U.S. National Cyclocross champion. The 2015 Pan American Championship winner. He is also a former member of the U.S. National Cycling Team and holder of a whopping 90 UCI victories, the most wins by an American male cyclocross rider ever. Off the bike, Jeremy is the co founder of the Jam Fund, a nonprofit organization that supports young athletes and promotes the sport of cycling. After retiring, Jeremy became a presenter for the Global Cycling Network before joining Whoop, heading up their endurance sports department. I'm excited for this conversation because hanging out with Uncle Powers is always an absolute blast. So, without further ado, let's get into the show.
3: What up, Chris? I love it. I still got cold hands from our spontaneous run. Yeah.
2: I feel like that was a great way to start the podcast.
3: Yeah. I mean, I've been... Yeah, I always want to just work out with my friends first thing in the morning. It's like truly like the thing that I just like to do or I want to do all like every day. It's weird. I've been wanting to do this for years. So it's like, oh, when I see my friends first thing in the morning, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna exercise with them. Cause like if you don't exercise first thing in the morning, the day happens and then you feel like crap when you're out exercising, and then that's not really that great. Right.
1: I yeah, like- I don't know. Like
3: at the end of the day now, <laughs> if I've had a whole day of Zoom meetings or then the kids come home, then it's six o'clock, like six to seven o'clock exercise. With a regular job and then children is, it's not as nearly as enjoyable as if you just get right after it first thing in the morning. I think so.
2: I like, I didn't think that you were serious when you walked in the door and I was like, "All right, we're all set up, Jeremy. Like we're gonna go into the office." And you're like, "No, no, no, drop your pants, find a pair of shorts for us. Like we're going for a run." I was like, "It's thirty degrees outside."
3: Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. I, I would say I overindex on enthusiasm. So if I I feel you know you guys, basically like second family here, I could uh, convince. That's good. I like that. I was happy. I was yeah. happy that you were able to appease my my uh my request. No, I love yeah. that. We we just need a, a little nudge sometimes
2: in the right direction slash out the door and
3: And I also listened to the last podcast and I heard both of you weren't really exercising and I also <laughs> haven't <laughs> been either. So I'm fully planning on being sore from almost exactly zero working out. I mean, that was like uh, obnoxiously short and not that hard, but I, I feel I feel
0: way better from doing it. I feel like we were running pretty fast though.
1: I, yeah. <laughs> I don't even care. That's
3: what. That's the weird thing. Is like back in the day, you used to be like, "Dude, that guy is such a Fred on his bike." And now you're like, "Man, if I'm just out there, that's the greatest thing." Like, in fact, I, I don't. The slower I'm going, the cooler I feel now.
0: I love that. <laughs> so I, I miss that part, like where I feel like when we were we started at the beginning of cycling for both of us. Well, certainly for me, at the beginning, it was a very social experience, and I think you started off right into racing. But when we started hanging out, like we just spent so much time just like on our bikes hanging out and catching up and yeah yeah i i mean that is i i
3: definitely miss those days i mean yeah when it was then it became a job yeah then it became a job but it was just like so we just like i mean really it just makes it's just the thing that i like about talking with people or exercising in general and kind of for sure knows this is it's like every time we go out to hang, like it's mainly, can we go for a hike so that we can talk? I just feel like you get so much more from your brain, like blood flow, literally going to your brain that your thoughts are clear. Or at least for me, it's like my hack to get the most from myself. It's like my thoughts are clearer. There's enough stimulation going around that I'm not bored or anxious or feel weird. So in general, like being able to exercise and talk is kind of like, that's the best of both worlds for me. Yeah. So cycling is like a pretty much a, a, a clear fit running also though, but you can't run for four hours. You could ride your bike for four hours, but if you're running for four hours, you're like, you basically hop onto a stretcher and like pray <laughs> that you didn't break something or that you're going to be able to walk like, you know, for the rest of the week or that you didn't like sprain or.
2: yeah. Well, on, on the bike, you get that like a downhill or you get a bit of a coast. If you put in some effort, then you can coast for Like there's right. that little like reprieve, like with running, it's like, you can't coast. You just like stop. And then it, it's just, <laughs>
3: Running is great, though. I mean, the thing about running is that it's simple. You need a yeah. pair of shoes. Like, I had nothing. I had the right. jeans. I had this shirt. I had this. And you guys luckily had a pair of shorts, so that I didn't like ruin these jeans. But I was planning on going in these <laughs> jeans if I had to, because at the end of the day, like, you don't need anything to run. Like, if you're you know ready, fit for society, you can start running. Like right. I had to run to get my cab or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can do it.
2: And that's for for me. I'm not a huge fan of running, but like the during the summer and like last summer, I got really into this. Where I was like, you're talking about that feeling of like you get the blood flowing, you feel good. And like, I'd wake up and I'd just like, know that if I didn't get my workout in before the start of the workday, I wouldn't. So like my goal was just to put on my running shoes, like wake up, put on my running shoes and then get out the door. And it didn't matter how far I went for how long. I just had to make it out of the door. And then I made it like 20 minutes or 30 or 10. But like you come back from that and your like body's physiology has changed. You're just like,
3: oh shit, like I did something. No, it it is like the, you know, the easiest like, yeah, way to get some serotonin in you, I think. For me, I can sometimes like get, I'll have Sunday morning, actually, just as recent Sunday, I woke up. I felt like absolute... Are we, are we cursing? Where are yeah, we yeah, oh, I yeah. I felt like absolute shit. <laughs> and I was like, man, I feel terrible today. Yeah. I just feel like absolute rat ass. And I went, I kind of, I meandered through the morning. Like I wasn't, like the kids were like yanking on me to go do stuff. like, I don't want to do anything. I'm just like really in a bad way. I finally like get my stuff on. I get out the door and I come back. It's seriously like I took an antidepressant. I mean, I'm not, not like, you know, I'm not, whatever. But it was just a serotonin slam dunk. It was like, I'm rocking. I feel so much better. The only thing I wish is that I had gotten after it earlier. Yeah. I even got rid of like a mild headache that I had. I felt like, man, it's just, why why not go do that?
0: Do you feel like that transition, like from (laughs) racing your bike and, you know, exercising like 20 hours a week or certainly like doing a couple hours of physical exercise every day, which you did for like 20 or 25 years. Yeah. Like you get, do you feel like you got addicted to that? Like the endorphin and hormone rush of exercise and that coming off of that to like sort of normal, normal work, work dad life where you're not exercise, Like, was that hard to like wean yourself off of? I think I, I hacked it in a
3: weird way. First, I when I was going to retire, I did, many years of therapy before to like plan for that. Two therapists at the yeah. same time, actually, for a while, um, which, was, which was something wild. But I, um, the thing that I realized is that to be able to get the hit, I didn't, I just, time-wise, I couldn't do 20 hours anymore. I, my body didn't want to do it. I didn't have the motivation to do it, but my brain was still asking me to feed it those endorphins yeah. and that, <laughs> that intensity. And so what I figured out is that I could go to the gym You know, five days, six days a week. And I could do like this kind of, this like, I call it like a circuit workout where I just beat the crap out of myself. You join me for some of Mm -hmm. (laughs) these. Yeah. Where I would just make my body have a lot of pain and whatever, whatever was going on with my brain and feeling that like, I just like, can't do anymore. Like my stomach can't hold anymore. I can't do anymore with my legs. Like I'm shaky. That checked the box that my brain needed for me to be able to have enough of that, that part of it met like that endorphin, whatever the, the, the circuit was that that was lighting up. And then when I was, uh, then I could come down off that. But that took years. Like, that took like a year or more of doing that gym work to beat the crap out of myself enough. But at least it wasn't 20 hours. It was, I was able to cut to five hours.
0: Right, because you switched to muscle groups that weren't you. Like, (laughs) it's the same thing with running. Like, for us to do like a good work, like for us to go for a nice ride, even a mellow recovery ride would be like two hours plus dicking around to get our shit on yeah to do a workout you're like three <laughs> hours in we just ran for 20 minutes and you're probably gonna be sore for three days from that that's
3: the that's the thing that like i weirdly miss though and then you kind of get away from it and then you forget about it you're like oh, i'm not i'm not i don't even care anymore or like or there's just too much other stuff going on that's not gonna like you know this this isn't even to matter if i do 20 minutes it feels so me- like n- means nothing but it's weird how much it actually does it gives a lot. It, yeah. It's like doing just a little bit of exercise does a lot. Yeah. It's weird. I've gone like a complete, almost like 180 on, you know, life of working out. And then now I don't work out. It's, I mean, it's kind of effed in that way. Yeah. It's a totally, four years ago to now, it's just a, it's like a legit 180. Yeah. <laughs> not, and it's not that I'm like less healthy. In fact, I, I think if you looked at my like, metrics. I bet your blood work is better now. You you I've would ever. probably yeah, I'm, in fact my my HRV is factually higher than when I was racing. Well. I mean, uh, not in the peak moments, right. but like at the at the baseline like when I'm in my off season or when I would take 5 or 6 weeks, you know my HRV would be lower than it is now, you know, every single day. Yeah. Kind of crazy.
2: Interesting. So what are you what are you doing now for workouts? Just sort of getting something in when you can?
3: Yeah, I think yeah. I think yeah, an hour ride in the spring and in the summer when it's warm, then I'll go for an hour ride first thing in the morning, even before like the kids get out to the bus or get going to uh, you know preschool or whatever. I'll just get out there really early, like 630 to 730 or something uh, mm-hmm. if I can. And then in the winter, this, this year, I, I dropped a skid steer on my toe. So that kind of ruined my running for the, uh, for the, for the fall and the winter. Um, I was building a pump track for my little guy and, and myself, of course, too and, and, and uh, in the yard. And I dropped the skid steer on my toe, which ripped my, basically ripped my toe off. So that, was, that didn't let me run. But I did get into some skiing, which is a weird kind of workout. It's yeah. like you're weirdly beat to snot after yeah. you're done skiing. Yeah, and you, yeah. and the weird thing about skiing is you can do it like easily with your kids. Like they don't have to; they can get on the magic carpet, or they can like you can hold. You know, you can yeah. So yeah. it's weird how that works. So we were skiing. I was hiking a lot because of my foot. I couldn't run, but I could could get out there and kind of hobble along. And then um and then just riding.
2: Yeah, nice. Uh, with the going from riding and competing, I know I I competed at golf, but not at the same high level that you did with cycling. Did you have a hard time or what was it like going from competing to then like going for a two hour ride and just training or like, you know, that wind down period after you retired, was it, what was that like for you?
3: I think, I think in general, I'm a, a fairly competitive person. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I would still consider myself fairly competitive, but I think it's, it's all about kind of tempering mm, that you know for whatever i've just learned a lot like i said in the 4 years of of working with others when you're when you're a pro athlete like the only thing you can care about the the thing that differentiates you is how much you care about yourself and how seriously you take this 1% here and 1% there stuff and then i think when you get into i'll say you know quote the real world you realize pretty quickly that not only is not everyone wired like that but actually that's not necessarily a strength to have that type of like killer instinct is not really looked up to. It's it's actually looked down upon and I think it can be quite you know, for other people I think it can be looked at as like, you know, kind of I don't I don't like this person because right. they're too they, they they go too hard at things.
2: A little off-putting and
3: Yeah, and I, I I think just overarchingly it's um makes people feel bad. Like either they don't feel as though that they've got that same drive or that you're so overbearing or that you're this or that. So it's actually best to just kind of I'd say conform and take a literally take a deep breath and just chill out mm-hmm. and let some let some stuff happen because otherwise you kind of look like a tyrant. You're just like driving the ship on things really hard and driving through people on decisions and this is this is for sure my experience with Global Cycling Network and and even though that was like a crazy work environment, people are going super hard and even at like Whoop Now, you know, it's a really fast-paced environment, but I think I wouldn't say that I'm I've just learned a lot from you know my peers, like how right. to how to come at things a little bit differently, or how to react to certain things that happen in the environment that you're you're really not in control. Like as a pro, right. you're in complete control of of your environment and everything that you do and every person you put in place dictates the outcome. Mm-hmm. And in a different environment, you have to rely on the team in a, in a way that's quite a bit different than the pro-life
2: right you're going from an individual sport like yes you've got a team of people around you but like it's very much like how hard do i drive this affects my results and yeah. then you you move into a team environment and you're like yeah like if i'm just dragging everybody around at my yeah. my pace it doesn't quite work you're, the same yeah. way
3: yeah you're like a, you're more of like a i don't want to say a ceo but you're definitely like the president of your own you know you 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 re, the, re, the outcome is solely on you if you don't have a good coach or you don't have a good training environment or you're not doing your altitude camp or you're not eating right, the, the only person, it's, you know, it comes back to you every single time. Yeah. Yeah. You can only blame, you know, number one. And so you got to look out for number one. And that becomes, you know, in its own way, kind of a vicious cycle. But in a work environment, you realize there's a lot more, there's different, you know, mindsets. There's different people that come from different backgrounds. And the truth is, is there's a lot of really talented people that, that over-index on things that you you have absolutely no business even put your face <laughs> into. You're like, oh, shit, they're really good at that thing. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know?
2: That's awesome. I remember one of the first summers I came over to – and you guys were living together on Adam Street. Like, there was a <laughs> altitude tent in each room. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was like – you were rel- relatively – like, I think that it had been only been a couple of years of you dating – Kylie, your now wife, is like – but you guys were sleeping at like, I don't know, seven or 8,000 feet and (laughs) just like the whir of the (laughs) –
0: Yeah, all day. Those were kind of the greatest. I I was thinking about that the other day. (laughs) I kind of miss that because like those old cat tents used to breathe. Uh. Like they just – when you were in it, it made this like very gentle like whooshing sound like it was breathing. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, the altitude tents. I mean it's funny because when you get into a plane and it pressurizes, it pressurizes at about 8,000 feet. And it feels the exact same way as getting into one of those tents. You're like, you know, your perspiration starts a little higher <laughs> and you do that. The thing that I love about getting in a plane after I've already been at altitude is that you don't feel the effect of it. Right. So like if you go from an altitude camp where you're in like Boulder or even higher, like Durango or something like that in Colorado, and then you you get into a plane, at least for me as like a very much a responder to altitude, um, I get like a big response from, from the adaptation. Uh, when I get into a plane and I travel somewhere for a long time, I don't have a headache. I'm not dehydrated. I feel right. great. When I get off of it, but if I'm like here at sea level and then I have to go fly for, you know, over to Europe or something, eight, 10, 12 hours, you know, I'm, I'm i feel like crap. Cause I've yeah. been, I just did like a, a bunch of hypoxia training uh, in the airplane, you know, <laughs> usually nice. I'm not a lot of
0: sleep either. Yeah. You know, you got to get up early for these flights now. I don't, is that still a thing? Are people still into altitude training and stuff? Or oh my gosh, more that? than ever. More than ever. Uh, yeah, but they mostly- Cat, Did CAT fold or is that still a business? Who,
3: who knows what it became? I'm not sure yeah. what they- That was like Colorado Altitude Training is what the, the acronym I guess would be for mm-hmm. CAT. Um, they were the big hitters. They were doing all kinds of like- horse stables and house conversions. (laughs) That's what most people do now. Like they just get in the plane and they go, they go to like a altitude house. So like a lot of them are in like the Southern part of Spain where there's great weather, great riding, or they just go up onto like deep onto the big mountains that are down in the Southern part of Spain or Portugal or wherever. I don't know, somewhere, you know, volcanic and they just have these houses or these, these places up super high and they'll just do, you know, three weeks there and then they'll come back down to the mainland's to the, to the flat and they'll have, and training at 10 or 12 or yeah. sleeping there and climbing back up. And, uh, man, yeah, it makes you go, makes you go fast. I mean, it's what we always knew. Yeah. Like your blood gets really, really good when you're up at altitude eating well. And the other thing about being away and training, I think for all the athletes is that they, it's really focused Yeah. when you're home. Uh, people are always coming by or you're doing other things or you're, you there's more distractions.
0: Right. Well, it's like, are the people, do the people that go away to an altitude camp for three weeks? Do they get better from the camp, or is it because people that are willing to go spend three <laughs> weeks at an altitude camp
3: all of the are above. gonna get better? <laughs> all <laughs> okay, of the, above. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, totally, yeah.
3: Taking care of yourself is yeah is good. It's important. Yeah, gotta do it.
2: It's awesome. Yeah, I always always I felt like you guys were always at the the forefront of doing interesting and innovative stuff that I didn't see like trying to compete at golf at a high level, like there wasn't that same like amount of recovery or you guys had like the suits, like the body suits that were compression as well. And like socks. And it was just like, yeah, it was
3: golf's different. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, you got to have a really, you got to have like a really level head from what I've I've been watching a lot more just because of the work at whoop. Like I watch it and follow it quite a bit closer. It just feels like having your head on straight in golf is like, Uh God, that's the over, that's the overarching, like trait that you'd want to have where you're just like, yeah, I'm under pressure, but I'm cool, calm and collected. And I can take a deep breath here, settle myself. And, you know, even though this is super, you know, it becomes almost like status quo, what you're doing, like second nature that you're just like, yep, I'm under pressure. And I'm like behind, or I'm not going to hit this, you know, Eagle or birdie, whatever the hell it is. And then you're like, okay, but I know that I know how this goes enough. And I'm just going to keep my head on straight. And this could, you know, someone else could have a bad day or I could get much better and really turn this around. so.
2: I I completely agree. And I like, that's the, that's like the only little like blip when I look back is like, I wish I'd discovered IFS therapy and the therapy that I do now. Like that style that just clicks with me Mm. because I just, I, I know how much my mental attitude and internal system and self-talk was limiting me from age like 16 to 22. And I'm just like, I was like, Oh, like that was the piece It wasn't the physical, it wasn't the like Mm -hmm. strategy, it wasn't the amount of work. It was like things weren't clicking internally in the way that like nobody around me or I didn't know at 16 was like, oh, that was the thing that I should have been working on and not hitting another thousand range balls today. So like it's, it's cool to recognize that and like see that and.
3: Yeah. My mom made me go to a sports psychologist pretty early on. Um, I think I was like maybe 16 or 17. That was probably just the way to get me to go to therapy anyways. <laughs> she was like, well, we'll just like, bury it's it for, sport. yeah, it's for sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we, we ended up going and he was, he was really cool. This guy, um, I forget his first name, but like Dr. Malman. I, don't, I doubt he's still practicing, but he was down in Connecticut. I went and saw him actually after I, you know, after I wasn't a junior anymore either. We did some work like in the better part of my racing career. But it, it, his big thing was always focusing on like what I was Uh, what things really got me like pumped up and motivated. And we had this one thing where we would do that was super cool, where we would turn on like the music. So I would like listen to this music. Um, I think like Robert Miles, I think the song name is like children. It's like, you know, this song, it's an old school song anyways. um, (laughs) But like, if I turn that song on, like I'd get goosebumps. In fact, if I hear it today, I'd get goosebumps. And the thing was, this always like, you know, you turn this on, And then you like visualize the race, right? You visualize something going wrong in the race. You visualize how you come back from that. But like, I would always do this in the plane flying to races. I do this all the time where I'd just be like, you know, visualizing all of it. And like, you can work yourself up, but then you like turn the music on and then you create this like, I call it like a momentum loop where you're like, okay, no, I'm actually doing really, really good. And the wild thing is, is that like, even if you're in a bad place or even if you're under stress, if you create that like momentum loop, you'll be like, no, I can like, Or at least you'll make yourself believe right you can you can do it. And and at the end of the day, like the only thing you really want to do in sport is show up at your best. Because yeah, there's gonna be someone that's better on the day, or you know, bike racing, like 99% of the time you're getting beat. So yeah, yeah, you better just show up at your best and hope (laughs) that it's your day.
2: So that was your song. That was like your your I mean
3: one of many. (laughs) Um yeah, Robert Miles, Elise DJ. There are a couple like old school, like this is. This is like late '90s stuff. Yeah, yep. but my mom and I used to put the cassette in the diesel, the Chevy diesel pickup truck, and just crank the bass. You yeah. know,
2: just, I love just that. Hit it. You then got into. I remember you were you were DJing a little bit.
3: I mean, I DJed your bro's wedding to some degree, sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and maybe his thirtieth, thirty Palooza. I don't think
3: I, I, don't, I was there for that. I think I was on the road. You might I might have been. Yeah, that was. I that was it hurt Adam Street. Yeah, I wasn't there. I, I have great. I know the right. stories.
2: Yeah, I, I have this memory of you, like at that Adam Street house. Like we were in the backyard, like doing something, and you just like crank open your window on the top floor, and that then just start, like bla- then just start blasting like the latest like Little John track.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I, I pumped jams the whole way here. Oh, yeah. That was like probably like I w- yeah I was listening to Migos. I was listening. <laughs> I was listening to. uh uh, who else was I listening to? Billy Joel, Uptown Girl, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, I had like Taylor Swift remix in there. Yeah, I wasn't playing games. Yeah, you're no. Swift. No, I was getting ready. <laughs> no, nah, I, I can't stand Taylor Swift, but I did. The <laughs> remix is amazing. <laughs> uh,
2: that's that's awesome.
3: Yeah, I love music. I mean, I listen. That's honestly, I always say like the two reasons to ride your bike. Of course, I loved competing and being and being in that mindset, but also like being able to listen to tons of music while I was out exercising and eating was kind of like the best thing like you can eat a lot of food when you ride your bike and exercise <laughs> yeah. for five hours a day
1: <laughs> yeah
2: like i I even watched a, a, a bunch of your guys rides that were around here and it was like I would I was what 18 19 so i I'm going through my eating and growing phase like yeah. without exercising very yeah. much but we would like get done with the race and no matter what happened we always went for like a four hour meal yeah. that was like everything on the menu
3: <laughs> yeah I miss those days honestly I miss like really wanting food and the only way I really get back to that place is by exercising so that's yeah. like I kind of like want to get back to a place where I'm like doing you know enough exercising that I'm hungry because the thing that everyone says to me now is like oh man you're so skinny it's like I yeah I know it don't it's like shaming you because you're skinny still it's it's brutal but um
0: yeah it's, it's well, I just, feel like in cycling goes either way like either you retire and quit yeah. riding and then, but you keep eating like a pro cyclist. And then those guys, <laughs> and then you see those guys, and you're like, oh my God, that's that, like, that guy used to be 130 pounds soaking wet. And now, now he's the guy who ate that guy. Yeah. Or you, like, are done, and you're like, yeah, I just kind of am bored of food. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I'm not. Yeah, I don't it's it's so weird. I've been I have thought about that a lot like the eating thing.
3: It's just like I just don't look forward to it as much as I did. When I was racing, I mean, you you I remember hanging out in hotel rooms with you, bro, and be like <laughs> literally eating like peanut butter on pineapple just like I can't <laughs> get enough calories in and this is like not at all two things that go together, but I'm just right. like I like literally just eating peanut butter out of the jar and putting it on top of like sliced pineapple that we got from the, you know, whatever 7-Eleven store in Belgium. You're like, let me, let me just like get more calories in and eat something that's different than whatever the hell else I've been eating for the last, you know, three months. It's weird. It's just weird. I, I think, like I said, the hell you go when you're like in that land too. you go from like where there would be like. It's like a RPM on a car. It's like at, you know, 5 to 6000 is probably like fine, but then you're you're always at 8000 when you're racing. It's just like not great. Beating on yourself. Rev rev limiter all well, the time. Well, that
0: feeling, there's such a good feeling after like either a super hard long race uh, or like a hard workout where you're uh, just you're I love so that. brain dead. I miss that. You're like <laughs> I miss <laughs> your that. Your body is so trashed <laughs> and you're like yes. all I want to do is eat carbs and yeah. close my eyes and like Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's funny cuz like the type of uh therapy that I I've done a lot of now is more around like what type of mindset I have you know like almost like a Myers-Briggs type thing we Mm -hmm. talk about this too it's like you know I'm very much like an intuitive like I want to think I'm very extroverted but I think about shit a lot and so the thing that is great about exercising a ton for a long time is that when you're done with it, you don't have to think about it. You're just like, <laughs> you're so destroyed. They're like, great, that's perfect. And so for me, that's very, yeah. you know, a, that a, it's like, ah, oh, thank God. Like, I don't have to think about anything because I'm so tired that I'm just going to be like, ah. <laughs> I'm just going to lay there. That's the best feeling. <laughs> uh, <sighs>
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think now, now meditation is supposed to get us there, but it, it's hard. I think it. Yeah. I don't know. My practice is not, I so far have yet to get back to that, like blissed out. We just did five and a half hours in the rain <laughs> and like as far, those cold rainy races where Dude. then you start to warm up, you finally put warm clothes on. You're like, I'm no longer in my PJs. <laughs> There's
3: something to do. That's just doing something. Cause it's hard and uncomfortable that I think is actually what is probably yeah. th- the thing that it doesn't matter the medium, whether that's, you know, a long hike or, you know, a super, you know, crazy day out on the golf course or something. It's like, at some point the fun like is gone and then you're, it, it's hard. And that's also like really good. Cause it, it makes you resistant to just being like, Oh, I'm always comfortable. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Getting comfortable all the time. I don't really think at least personally for me is not a place that I thrive in. I have to be, I have to be like, no, this sucks. Like my hands and feet are cold. I'm standing in this situation, or I've, you know, pushed myself to a place that I'm not comfortable with. It's like when you're on the other side of that thing, I think, is when you really appreciate what you got through. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I, I remember I went to like China to do these races. And it was some of the most <laughs> uncomfortable experience of my life. Like in the middle of the Tibetan highlands, racing in sleet and snow at 14,000 feet. And you're like, Yeah, if, if I go off the side of the road, it's over. I'm, like, truly I'm dead, <laughs> you know? And, and, but also if anything happens here, it's just like, you're in, I, I was thinking, it's like a bikers, but you're also in a life race. But when you're done with that, I remember literally just looking up at this guy and being like, this is the, like, I'm so proud of myself for getting through this. Cause for me, I was so far outside my own comfort zone. Like right. if that same thing had been happening in Belgium or something like that, you'd be like, yeah, this is fine. Like I can walk to this house and walk inside and someone's going to have a fire going and I'm going to be like, in the Tibetan house, like, nah, man. This is not how this is going to go down. Like, right. we don't, nobody here speaking English, right? Nobody, there's probably not even a hospital. There's definitely no helicopter if I go careening off the side of this hill. Gives you some perspective.
2: Yeah. 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 So, how do we, how do we find that now in that post? Isn't
3: that yeah. what everyone's how looking for? Yeah. Un- like, how do, do you, you get uncomfortable now? Well, well no, you 20 minute that. run before a podcast. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is, I mean, that's, well, that's the thing. It's like, You think about that in comparison and you just like, that's what I was saying earlier. It's just like, this is so ridiculous. Like what we think is hard now. It's like, it's hilarious because our expectations are so much lower. You know, was talking about, about uh, meditating, I think all that stuff is good. I mean, I think medit. I always say meditation is like the new religion, right? It's like everyone was going to church back in the day. Now everyone's like meditating because the church has got its problems or whatever, but it's actually the same thing. It's just really kind of like taking that time to have that gratitude or to realize that there's Probably something more than what we're doing here, not to get too deep, but I think in my mind, I've meditated, I've gone to a lot of church, I've done a lot of praying. I mean, I've done all of that. Yeah. If I look at my Headspace app now, I've got, I don't know, 20,000 minutes or something in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done a lot
0: That's awesome.
3: of, of time in that, in that app. Not recently, but you know, over the last five years, um, you know, I've, spent, I've spent a lot of time doing that. And that was one of the other, the other therapies I was doing when I was getting out of racing, was I went to a guy just to learn how to meditate. Yeah. Just literally like we'd go hike for an hour and then we'd go in the woods and I'd sit there with my feet and arms crossed and like do and meditate and learn how to meditate. I don't know, weird, but Western mass stuff.
0: Well, right. But then, <laughs> if you don't, if no one teaches you how to meditate, like yeah. how do you figure it out if you yeah. don't know? And, and there's actually, yeah, it's not, you don't just sit there with your eyes. There's a little bit more to it than just sitting there with your eyes closed. So it's helpful totally. to have someone explain it.
3: Yeah, it's always oh. everything that's kind of new is weird at first, isn't it? Yeah. Everything. Like you get a new car, you get a new home screen on the app. Like everything's like, oh, "I don't like I don't like this app. not oh, this isn't for me." I don't, you know, but then you do it a little bit and you're like, "No, actually like I get it. You mm-hmm. know, this 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 is what people have been doing in different cultures for, you know, for since eternity." So, yeah, there's got to be something good to it.
2: Sure, at yeah. least at least Like, giving something a try and giving it, like, enough of a try to, like, see if it works for you. That's right. It's like, yeah, like, I know I could meditate or, like, try this new app or, like, Headspace you mentioned or whatever. But, like, if you don't give it enough of a try and just, like, pass it off, you just then live in your comfort zone or you don't learn anything new. Exactly. And I I think that 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 is difficult to do. I mean, I don't think that everybody does what you're talking about where, like, you're giving something new a fair shake.
3: Yeah. It's, uh, it's like everything, you know, you gotta like see what works yeah. for you. It's it, that's kind of the beauty of figuring things out. You know, it's like my ADD ass is always got to figure out a way to make something work in my life. It's like, you know, even you were talking about DJing before. It's like, if I, if I look at my DJ, I'm not really that great at recalling like all the names of the songs or this or that. It's like, I might know it, but, but what I do know about myself is that if I say like seventies bangers, like for sure, I remember that right. Or '80s like jams. Then if I go in there and I go to like what I've like starred as being like in my pink playlist, then I'll know that's the jam I'm looking for. And as soon as I see it, I'll be like, yep, that's the, you know, that's the bizarre love triangle, like 12 inch record with the long ending that I want. But but I can't remember it like mm. quickly like that. So I think it's, it's to each, you know, you always are trying to figure out like how you hack your way to figuring this thing works for me. This thing doesn't work for me. And that's kind of the, I think knowing yourself is probably the best Figuring yourself out has like been my own personal journey for a long time, and
0: I think to realize, like, if you're someone with ADD or ADHD or whatever, which, a both, <laughs> yeah, that I I feel like it's it's interesting as an adult to start to say like, okay, there is this weird, like, not weird, but there's a chemical, whatever. It's just like my brain. My brain is wired a tiny bit differently than some people's but also very similarly to a lot of people's. Yeah. And like how do I lean into that in a way that's like feels healthy and productive or at least I'm not beating myself up for it. Like there hey, I am not great with names and faces, there you go. but like I do recognize people yeah. and so I'm just going to like stop beating myself up that I don't know anyone's like <laughs> name or face, you know, or like it's there's things that are hard for me to track in my yeah. brain. And I, you know, and I have this fear of like if I don't hold on to something, an idea really tight, like or if I let it go, I'll lose it completely. And mm. it's like, OK, well, maybe that's OK, though, because because I've got a fucking thousand ideas a minute. Mm most of them should be let go. Like I shouldn't actually be remembering all of them and the, the ones that are important do tend to come back or mm-hmm. I'll write them down, let go of everything and then go back to my list and be like, oh yeah, those were, I don't know, it's hard. It's, yeah. I feel like I, sh- I spent a lot of years trying to medicate ADD or ADHD and like medicate around it or force myself into a schedule, be like, this is my routine, I do it every day mm-hmm. like this and then I'm like, yeah, I'm not... <laughs> there's just it's i've never been possible for me to be at nine to five yeah like i just can't Mm -hmm. i've got to do something weird and like like i can't even sleep a regular (laughs) like i can sleep a few nights in a row and then not sleep a night and then like a few more and but like i'm not i don't fit into a regular Mm. rhythm and that's okay it got so much easier once i stopped struggling yeah against it
3: yeah it's almost in that way i think you know, for for me too, it's like, yeah, you just gotta. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. just gotta like figure out what's gonna work for you. Um, for me, uh, like I use Trello a lot. That's like a huge thing that I'm like really into for years now. Like yeah. organizing my own little world in Trello is like, it it doesn't matter if you use it or you use it or then you know another person. It, but I have to have it. Right. it's like if I if it's not on there then I don't know it and the, the, actually the idea board I've had these yeah. for years you've probably seen one of them I used to take Whole Foods bags I used to cut them out and make them long and tape them and then I used to write them down and then I realized this is, this is ridiculous because I can't travel with this thing I'm like I've got these <laughs> ideas here so I eventually like digitized them do you yeah. know what I mean and now with like chat, whatever the hell. I mean, they probably, probably just take a picture of it and it'll like organize it and tell you how to run your life. But, but but like, (laughs) but like now I have an Excel doc where it's like, Hey, this was an idea that I had that I like, clearly it came back to me like three or four times. Like, Peanut butter review. Oh yeah, peanut butter review. Like when I was traveling on the road, I used to get (laughs) peanut butter from all these different countries, and I was like, I'm gonna make a website called peanutbutterreview.com. Like this is gonna be great. I'm gonna like rate these peanut butters because this is probably like the thing that's gonna make me a million dollars and be the thing that I didn't think was gonna be anything, and it is. Anyways, but like that's just one rando example. But I've got probably like 20 or 30 ideas that continually ruminate. Mm -hmm. So I've just written them down. That way I can be like kind to myself and be like, dude, you already you put that on the Excel doc. Like just let it go, Jay. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's there if, yeah. You, if you decide that you've got enough time and you want to do that thing you come back to it you, you, right. you, you try to figure that out down the road there's there were like a hundred of these what else, what else do we have like well, the I peanut Feel butter like company we had like a lot of ideas the real question
0: is how many domains do you own <laughs> like if we go to your at go least daddy at 20 again, right? like what are all we were like? going to make Anthony Clark's sick what lifestyle website yeah
3: I've got all my kids names for the website you know I buy yeah. those things I don't, I don't know why you just just like you, you never know did. yeah I mean, the Godaddy's brutal with the charges too. I, I don't know. even know why we work with Godaddy. We should figure something else out. Anyways,
0: it's just easy, I think.
3: I know, I feel like every week though they're like, "Hey, we're charging you another I thing know. for the it's like, okay. Yeah.
0: But it happens still like once a month if I if I have a couple of cocktails and I and everybody in the house is asleep and I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm buying something some random url and this is why you're not sleeping (laughs) (laughs) probably because i'm because i'm having like a thousand ideas like new businesses i want to start and yeah Uh,
2: starting them is fun
0: well the starting is fun yeah
3: yeah 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 you've been pretty successful with starting ideas that you think are good ideas so i I, I, it's harder to get rid of the the problem (laughs) the
0: problem is never starting it's (laughs) the getting rid of that's hard (laughs) Uh, oh man! Tell me about the Quiver Show. Yeah. We got we got some numbers oh, here. Yeah. I'm looking we at get some into serious. The show? Yeah,
3: I
2: mean, yeah. Okay, we can keep going. We can all keep right, going. <laughs> that was the intro. So now <laughs> today we've got Jeremy Powell. <laughs>
0: we're <laughs> not really sure what the Quiver Show is yet. I yeah,
1: mean,
3: I think we're. This is the inception. This, this is, is the inception. it. Yeah,
2: yeah. inception. Yeah. We're figuring it out. <laughs> no, we're. I mean, it's all the stuff we've been talking about. We were like trying to create the framework of these, like the different areas of life, and like yeah, we talk about what we eat and what we drink and and how we work out all of the time. But there are all of these other things that we touched on. <laughs> so we like we were trying to like get the framework of it. So I sent you those categories ahead of time.
3: I just wanted to you, preface with you guys said that it wasn't going to be enough to talk about, and I said you, you, you both know me my entire <laughs> life. What are you talking about? This is going to be so long. And you're going to be like, what the fuck do we do with all of this? It's going to be fine. A 24-hour episode. Send it to
0: Matt.
3: <laughs> uh, uh, most podcasts are like three hours now anyways. That's what's cool. Like, People are yeah. like, we need micro content. And then all those guys were like just like – sh- Well, everybody figured your out – Take micro content and wait, shove it.
0: <laughs> everybody figured out like the Gary Vee thing, which is like make one big <laughs> – like get your act together to make one big piece of content yeah. and then chop it up because yeah. you, you just lose your mind if you're trying to make – 30 tiny pieces of content every day. Yeah, But it's also nice to talk to people for a long time because (laughs) (laughs) it's great. I mean, this is like, if you ask me what I wanted to do today, it was like, yeah, get
2: in a workout and then hang out with like my best buddy, my brother, drink some coffee and
3: like chat about life. Yeah, seven, right? That's number seven or or yeah. So wait, so
0: when that, so this is Ash's list of like, this is how Ash is thinking about his life and trying to optimize his life. I love it. Is for these 11 categories. What was your highest ranking category on his Ash's wellness score? To, to be
3: honest, right now, sleep.
0: Sleep. You're, yeah, you're I crushing. Am,
3: I am kicking butt
0: you at are. sleep. Yes. What are you doing to kick butt at sleep?
3: <clears throat> um, I mean, I work at Whoop. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> so, so honestly, like we, we yeah, it, it is weird. You're a product of your environment, right? Everyone there, when, when you see this stuff every day, the data, the way that this stuff comes back, um, to health and wellness, longevity, you just realize that sleep is the, it, it is the thing that you can control in a thing where you have almost no control. I can choose that. I'm going to get into bed earlier when I got to, when I got to whoop, I still had that mindset that we were talking about earlier in the show about like really going like crazy and just trying to like out, outdo my own best every single step of the way. And I don't think that that was, yeah, I learned a lot from doing that. Uh, I think now I don't work uh, 10 to 12. You know what I mean? I might I might open my computer if I've had, a, you know, a day where I haven't been able, like today I'll work late probably, I'll, or I'll, I'll do some work tomorrow just because today, this morning is going to be less um, work in the morning, but I'll catch it up. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll do it realistically. I just think that at some point I realized I feel like shit. I'm going to bed at midnight. I'm doing the night owl thing and this isn't working for me. My kids are up early. I have to conform to the schedule that they're on or else I'm going to keep not being my best for them and for my own self. I don't want to feel this way. And, um, you also, then when you're kind of like all the time, you know, every article that I write or I'm looking at a ton of athletes or people's data or I'm seeing, what the best people that are over, overarchingly, like the best athletes in the world are doing. And there's one thing that's, in my opinion, not always, but I would say more than 75% of the time. And it's that they're in bed and they're up almost within 30 minutes at the same time all the time.
2: So what, what metrics are you looking at? Like on your Whoop? Or what are you tracking? Like my number
3: one screen is when you get into bed and when you wake up. OK, yeah, I think for me, that's you know, do you get to, do you get into bed at 10 o'clock every night or do you get into bed at 10, 2 in the morning, 7, 11? You know, if you're all over the place, that's sort of a, a red flag in my mind for like where you're at mm. um, and not to say that it's good or bad. It's just something to work on. Yeah. You know, I, I, But but for me, I see that I'm best and I know this from what we've been what we've been doing a lot of is that um, getting into bed and getting up at the same time is makes your body really happy. It's like your body can be more uh, circadian rhythm, which I think he talked about in one of the episodes. But that yeah, that stuff nice. is for sure that's really, real. really, yeah. really important. And I think that's also what f's you up. When we did all this traveling to Europe, I mean, when I was racing, I was traveling to Europe six times, uh, once a month, to race the World Cup circuit and to fly back and then to fly back and fly back. It, it's no wonder I never reached that like that elusive top five in Europe in the World Cup ranking or whatever. But I do great here. Right. I, I would be so stunned if if someone looked back at that and said there's no way and maybe in 10 years they'll be able to figure that i was like you were at you know a five percent decrease in your your ability to perform based on what you did all that time and we we had a lot of hacks to get around that then but i don't think that we understand the impact of you know
2: because because of the the time change and the sleep change like if you spent a month there ahead of time before the first race like that would have
3: Think about it yeah. like this: If you travel to Europe um, once per month, right, and you lose uh, six nights of sleep, that's eight hours, eight times six, right? Yeah. You're, you, you know, that's yeah. y- you just lost what, four, 50 what is that, hours. forty? Yeah, fifty hours of sleep in a six-month period. That's not great. Right. Then you add that on top of like, well, then that night didn't go well, and then you know the next night, like, kind of that that reverberated, and you got less. You know, so, mm. yeah,
2: yeah. So you're working on just consistency. That's the number one
3: thing that I'm best at right now. Yeah. That's for sure like a 10. I've i I've made in the last 12 to 18 months, my sleep is,
0: it's, it's unbelievable. That's amazing. Yeah. How many greens do you get in a week? I'm like- in the
3: green the last two days. I've been, I've been, I mean, I've had kind of a rough run here. I got- I had to go to the ER the other day. I got a I got a oh. pine tree in the eye. Oh, cleaning geez. up some yard work. I said so I haven't had a great last couple of weeks, but there was a run there, like where you know. Well, I'll tell you what. This is what I'll say. When I first started doing that, the effects were very clear. Yeah. I was in the green a lot more. Yeah. Now with whoop, you can look at the trends. Like one one week, uh, one month, six months. You can look at a time frame, right. and I can see that without question. the the, the graph just goes in a steady like upwards trajectory from nice. when I started doing this, especially, you know, the last six months um, is really, really good for me.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Is it so cool now that you, you get to see, I mean, they, some of them were guys you were racing against, but a lot of them are also younger kids who are coming up. But because of your work with whoop, you get to see like the data from mm. like the top, the top guys in the world. Like, uh, and yeah, is I mean, that I th- the coolest thing. Yeah. Or? I, th-
3: I think, I think I look at, my limitations more i've realized that like oh yeah having add and a bunch of anxiety was not the best thing for me do you know what i mean like that didn't help me at all right and the only thing guys who
0: are doing really well and you're like shit they're sleeping 12 hours a night that's it (laughs) yeah like they're they're 19 and sleeping 12 hours a night how the heck
3: (laughs) yeah like tom brady's in the talking all the time about like lebron james talking all the time about like oh i sleep 12 hours a night and i nap an hour you know like these guys that are i mean that's working for them just the same way that like You'll go into church or meditate or yeah. whatever. But this is what's working for them, yeah. and they're not—they're not deviating from what's working for them, because they're focused on number one, and they got their—they got their thing going. That's just to say that like some people really thrive getting twelve hours sleep. Right. The truth is for me is that like I get eight hours of sleep, and that's really meaningful. That's—that's that's a lot yeah. for me. Um, but I do think more about like the, I'd say like dealing with anxiety and mental health and stuff like that. If I had dealt with that earlier or if I knew how to deal with it earlier, I'd have had a better career. Fact.
0: Right. Mm. I mean, and you would have slept better. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> a lot more. Uh, what was that's, the worst one on your scale? Social life. Social life.
3: Yeah, I have no social life. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't. Not with the kids. And, yeah, we just don't have any time. Uh, that's that's kind of gone out the window for a while.
0: If you're sleeping eight hours a night and you have a full time job and you have two kids and you're trying to like sneak a ride in or a run in, there's there kinda isn't any other time.
3: No, and it's it's not that I'm not trying for that. It's just the time for everyone. It's like everyone's, you know, as you get older, right, everyone's got a lot more stuff Mm -hmm. going on. So it's like, you know, I can't just Back in the day, I'd just be like, hey, dude, when you come home from work, we're going to go do something because, like, we both clearly don't have anything to do at the end of the day. <laughs> right. Or we do, but we're going
1: to burn it, right? Yeah.
3: You know, or, like, you know, when we yeah. would, like, go swimming in the middle of the day. It's like, like that's fine because we don't – I don't have, like, to bring my kids or to do something, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to go hit balls at the golfing range? Like, those things were easier to do. And now it's like, hey, I got an hour. Um <laughs> is there any way that like you also have an hour? (laughs) It's like literally you're just like at the roulette table. Like, come on, baby, let's do this. Like one of these five people is going to come through. And it's like, Nope, actually you're just out there riding by yourself. So, you know, that's, that stinks. And it ends up being a lot more phone time. And yeah, it's just, I feel like this is one of those things that's going to boomerang though. Like it's going to, it's going to come back. Like the kids are going to get old enough that they're going to want to, you know, they're going to do shit. and Yeah.
0: and well, it's like, also we're coming out of covid too which was i mean covid was a was a or, savage that's right that was brutal
2: and also like when when i'm looking at like these these 10 or 11 categories it's like you can't really optimize all of them at one point in time like you've only got so much time in the day i mean we've we've all got the same amount of time but like sometimes you consciously put social life in the, in the backseat. Cause you're like, Hey, I'm going to really focus on my sleep and my, my fitness right now, or mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on my relationship yeah. and that's going to take priority over other ones. And I yeah. think that what I found for me is being able to like, like choose which categories go into my pie chart at any point in time, mm-hmm. knowing that like, I'm going to cycle through all of them throughout the course of, a year or so mm-hmm. and just make sure that I don't neglect anything completely for too long or put too many eggs in one basket right because then I feel like I get out of balance
3: yeah I think that's yeah it's funny I mean it's it's kind of back to that momentum loop it's like honestly when most of you know it's it, it's for me I'm always like well if my family stuff is going well and like job is going well and I'm feeling good in a lot of ways then I'm kind of invincible to some degree Mm. do you know what i mean and i want to feel like that that's what i'm always striving for but it's when one of those things is way out of balance and it's trying to kind of find like for me anyways is where is this balance point where the where the beam is not like really high on one thing that's like you know, trying to make up for another thing. So I'm doing more of that thing, which is ultimately like kind of burning me out on, you know, whatever it is, like creative or hobbies is like, you're trying to fill one one bucket so that it overflows into the other. And it doesn't really work like that. Like you have to make time for all those to be able to feel like you're really in a place of true balance, I think. Mm. For me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't get, yeah, you don't get gratitude from riding, you know, from riding your bike longer necessarily. But if you choose to like look at gratitude and they, like, and like, write it on your hand in the morning, or get it tattooed on the inside of your arm. <laughs> you're for sure gonna, like, you know, oh yeah, right. Like I'm thinking about it. Yeah, right. It's not gonna happen on its own, and neither is any of those other things. Like you got to work at all that. Yeah, but gra- you got to kind of be in the place to do it too.
2: The gratitude is like that's the 11th out of the 10 because we we sort of just put it on there for that reason. It's like you can't particularly work on it the same way or or give it the attention that you can the other 10, but it's more just taking the time to, like, ask yourself how grateful you are or, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe we just put that on there because I wanted to ask myself each time <laughs> I looked at, did an episode, like, hey, how am I am I grateful to bring attention to it? Yeah. But,
3: we will go through this thing where, like, I'm feeling like I'm not, um, you know, or I'm not going hard enough at things, which is what I was talking about before. It's, like, yeah. b- because I am, like, someone that wants to charge really hard and get a lot of things done, I often – don't look back at what is going on, and that's actually what what eleven here on the on the gratitude chart is, <laughs> or on the on the quiver show uh, like a pie chart here is gratitude is number eleven, and um. But if I have like Emily my my wife tell me back, well, what what what? But what about this? And, this and 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 that's all happened in the last six months. Then I I, it's weird. I'm it's a blessing and a curse to be that way. Because like even with the racing, it's oh, like, yes. oh, you won nationals, you won Pan Ams, you you got the best World Cup, you you did this thing, and you like did that thing. And it's just like for some reason, it is the blessing of the curse. Like, it's great that I don't look back at that because it doesn't give you a big head or an ego. And on the other end of it, it's bad because you never really appreciate shit. Hmm. So you gotta, you do need to work on like the gratitude journal and like making sure that you're talking and even at least internally, you're being kind to yourself and celebrating those things, I think, is for me.
2: During your career, did you did you do that at all? Like, if you had worked your ass off, won a race, were you able to take that moment and be like, fuck yeah, like, I'm proud <laughs> of myself for, like, doing this thing? And, like, giving yourself some sort of yeah. thanks or, like
3: – Yeah, after certain big, you know, tentpole moments, I'd call them, like, a, a title, like, mm. a big title – or even like I remember, you know, like the Pan American Championship. Makunda was there with the yeah. Rafa Coffee Truck, you know, and like winning those races. I think under pressure, you know, showing up on the day and like being your best and doing what you do, then yeah, you you feel like a you feel a certain thing from it. Mm. It's really just about like the hard work coming back. And I think, you know, now you have to look for it in a in a in a totally different way than I did then. Like I'm not I'm not able to just judge myself based on how successful I raced a bike race. I have to do it on other things. And that's like another, just a whole nother level of like growing up. It's like now I have to do it on like, was that, you know, did I, you know, not did I sell more whoops, but like, did I involve the team? Like did we, did we achieve our goal? Like am I, you know, balancing those other 11 things on the air. Yeah. You know, it's just you're looking for the wins in a different way than you did then. And
0: we had some fun Sunday nights, though. Yeah. There were more than a handful of fun Sunday nights. Oh, my God. What's a, what's a Sunday night? <laughs> well, usually you'd race. The races were usually Saturday, Sunday. Okay. So, like, I feel like for a lot of years, like, Sunday night was our party night because it was <laughs> yeah. Monday was usually a recovery ride or recovery day. You'd race all day Sunday. Yeah. I mean, we never went out. For 20 years, I didn't go out on a Friday or Saturday night. No. Because there was always a race the next morning. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, we did. There yeah, were we, some good times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we celebrated the I feel like we celebrated the important victories. I, I mean,
3: I could talk about so many things right now. I'm like biting my tongue. I already won. I've already been talking too much. And yeah. then two, I, I that question could go in like or that statement could go in a hundred directions. So I'm going to just let that dot 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 itself unless you want to bring one up. I'm happy to recant. one. But <laughs> no, I have I mean, I have a lot of them. In There's my a lot mind. of
0: stories. I gave Ash a tour. I think I was telling you about we chatted about this on the run, but Give Ash a tour of our <laughs> old apartment on Linden Street in Northampton, which was <laughs> my beginning. first apartment in the valley and the, your first apartment in the, the, the valley. Beginning
3: of such a great friendship, yeah.
0: And uh we had one year we hosted a drunken cyclocross race <laughs> that sort of involved our porch and our street yeah. and like a stolen traffic cone. It
3: was after the UMass race, if I'm not mistaken, was it? Or it I was wrong? after
0: one of the Cycle Smart races. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah.
3: And we had I think Todd Wells was there if I recall. I
0: think Todd and Troy. Yeah. And was Kabush there? Like there were a bunch of people. I think Kabush was there. Was there was a bunch of people there. Like there these was are like,
3: like cycling legends now. Like guys yeah. that went to the Olympics and won world cups and like Yeah. It was definitely the best. It was a 45 second lap at best around the house and we, we were did drinking, it like midnight. <laughs> and we drank beers every lap. And it, I mean just think about that. So we were drinking a beer like every 45 seconds or something. Yeah. We probably. were young enough to pull that.
2: Yeah. So wait, you raced all day and then went back and then created a
0: race like around the house and block. Yeah. <laughs> you know. More or less. You yeah, got to. You had to dismount and run up on the porch. And,
3: yeah. That yeah. I like later that year fell down on my butt and cried. Uh, <laughs> leaving on the
0: icy steps. And
3: like the guys, Alan couldn't like came out nice. in their skippies, like scratching their head. Like, what did you do? And I'm like oinking around like a pig. Like. Argh! No. Argh! Argh!
0: Argh! <laughs> Tore out of the door with his <laughs> school backpack and a bowl of cereal and then completely wiped out. And the bowl of cereal went
1: straight up to <laughs> yes, the air, just yes. everywhere.
0: Slipped right down. <laughs> oh my gosh! You made the saddest. Like yes. it was literally like a pig oh was being god. murdered. I literally
3: fell on my <laughs> tailbone and just went down each step right at my tailbone. Just dunk, 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 right to the concrete step. And I was just like, uh. "Oh my god!" I was trying to, you know, I was going to school in Westfield and uh living with these with these characters. <laughs> and of course, naturally, the ADD thing, doing fifteen things at once. You know, probably like you know um Nokia 6810 <laughs> in my pocket or like on my shoulder thing backpack like probably still writing T- something so that exactly
0: it isn't. <laughs> exactly oh, that's awesome that yeah. was a good house though i mean we got let, we got a lot of use out of that, that house i don't yes, know if it was a good house that
3: that is, was what i was thinking <laughs>
0: yeah
2: all right where do we, where do we go from here what else was high up on the list? Sleep, sleep was pretty high.
0: So you're telling us we have to go to. I have to go to bed within thirty minutes of my previous night. Every night, consist. I got to get more consistent. Yeah. What
3: did I have here?
0: I mean, or, I think,
3: or something
2: that you want to work on. Is there is there an area of your life that you you want to put a bit more attention into at the moment?
3: I mean, I. F- Social life and physical exercise are both fives. Those are the two lowest ones, um, which is bananas for a retired, you know, professional athlete. What else is there? I, I broke out spiritual and mental. I said spiritual was probably like an eight, um, you know, just because like I am, yeah, I still, You're it. I still, I mean, I still hang out. You know, I give myself a passing grade, a B. I think Uh 7.5 mental. I gave myself a seven because I feel like that's still like, you don't want to give yourself that like pass on the mental side. Mm. No. Um, You want to give yourself that like, you're always, I feel like I'm always in like, you know, we're always going like, we're not leaving therapy. Like we're always, we're in therapy for a while, like forever. It's in like perpetuity. Like we're doing that whether we take three months or, you know, whatever time off or three weeks. It's like, no, we're coming, we're coming back to that. We're going to be working on that. Yeah. Gratitude, I think I'm I think it's weird. I've I've I would give myself probably twelve months ago a zero on gratitude. Like not not a zero. I just didn't it's not like a gratitude in a way that's like, oh man, you're you're not grateful. I just right. I wasn't it wasn't even in my peripheral. Mm. And now it's more so than ever because I work for a company and I'm like fulfilling I'm fulfilling a mission for that for that brand right yeah. now, which is awesome. And it's not for myself, which is if you're a pro athlete, you're only thinking about yourself. So you got to just imagine like those are just those are just two different things completely. Right. So being grateful that I have a job, that I've got a great family, that you know I have I have like my health, my wellness, great friends. Like really, I do. I have a lot to be grateful for. Mm. I'd say I think more so about it than ever. So I give myself you know a passing grade or even a, a good grade. I give myself a nine there. Just because I think about it so much more, and when I do, I feel better for doing yeah, it. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is actually like, if I'm in a if I'm in a pity party mode where I like have to just bicker about how you know bad something is, right. if I just get to that place where I can, or I ask someone to get me to that place, or like oh, I'm feeling like this, and then they just mention it. it's like, oh. So,
2: so what? I feel better. So what changed? You said about 12 months ago you would have given yourself a very very low score on that, and then now high like. Why did that change, or what happened? Uh,
3: It's hard. I think. I think like it was really about the the number one mindset. You know, you come in. you, You so if I go back from when I retired from racing, I went to Eurosport, GCN, Discovery. At that time, now it's Warner Brothers. It's like a conglomerate of cycling media companies, and there it still was about being front facing, being about the content that I produced for them. Podcast. I had my own podcast we were doing, you know, a lot of like literally two to three YouTube videos a week. You know, we would do them about all kinds of things. Um, retro bikes, uh, tour de France, you know, I'd be out at the races interviewing athletes. I'd be on the course side. I'd be commentating. It was still very much about working on their behalf for like one of the big cycling media brands and in conglomerates, but also about you know, continuing still that your personal, my brand. brand. Yeah, Yeah. Like I'm going to be on my social media and like, this is a company that I'm doing this for, but I'm still promoting myself. Mm. And then, you know, going to whoop, it, it's not at all about promoting myself. And I knew that. And I was actually really looking forward to that because I think with the kids and I think also just the balance of like thinking about number one all the time, then you realize like, that's a hard. Is it, I guess what I was trying to say is that that's a hard transition, or was for me, mm. to not be so front-facing, to be in the background doing something on behalf of someone else for something that's like a, a bigger mission. It's like, hey, we're unlock human performance or whatever. You know, at the end of the day, we're like really health and wellness. at, at mm-hmm. whoop. But I still am able to work with top athletes. I'm able to you know think about how we do sponsorship and, and relationship management. A lot of the things that I do at my job now are things that I wasn't able to do when I was front facing so much. And it brings me a lot more time, truthfully, and not as much stress. Like I don't have to be always worried about what did I say during comment, you know, commentary, or what did, what thing, what word did I mispronounce in that YouTube video that I'm going to get hammered on, on Instagram or Twitter for the next three months on, Hmm. or what like thing did I have dangling out of my nose or like whatever the dumb thing is that you're thinking is just like, because you're always in front of a camera, always talking. Yeah. I've been fine with that and I've been at peace with that because I can wear it on my shoulder and I'm a really overly honest to a, to almost to a fault person. But, um, I never had like any, you know, skeletons in the cloud. I don't have anything to worry about, but you do get, you do get graded on that stuff. And I think for, for me looking back and being like, man, I have to be really grateful that I have this opportunity to work for such a cool young brand and that I've been given this opportunity to work in like sports marketing
0: yeah, what is your job at Whoop? Well- <laughs> I actually legit don't know what your title is at Whoop. I know yeah. that you work at Whoop yeah, and you have a job. But... Yeah,
3: I work in sports marketing. But so what's your title?
0: That? Like what do we call you?
3: Um it's it's evolved. It's it, I don't I really don't even know what my title is. Um it's it's weird. I really don't. I mean, I'm technically like I work in sports marketing and I look over the endurance categories in theory. But that okay. that is a very wide uh right. like what I what I do is like really is what I was saying. It's like relationship management, partnerships. So not just with athletes, but also with brands, or you know, partnerships with like today's plan is one that we just did, or or training peaks or something like that, or yeah, others. There's yeah. tons of them. So relationship management or contract negotiations. I'm really like almost like an agent but working for the brand in a way like I'm protecting, you know, I'm I'm managing all of these relationships, which is a lot of what you do when you're a pro athlete is with the brands. You're always maintaining the relationship and making sure that you're in a good place with them and making sure that they're happy. And really on behalf of whoop, I I do
0: that now. Gotcha. You know, like I'm, yeah. yeah. So you make sure that if somebody, if, if a cyclist is in a bike race, if one of your athletes is in a bike, <laughs> not race, not just cycling, though, that, his, running, that his band like, yeah. matches his oh, outfit that or her th- band matches her outfit.
3: One of a hundred <laughs> things. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Look- so don't hit me up on LinkedIn. Cause that's all I do. I only make sure the bands match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, it's cool though. I mean, it's again, yeah. it's something that I didn't, you know, I don't have a college degree. Like, I don't, I didn't go to school for marketing. Um because you slipped on this. You
0: didn't make it to that last class at Westfield because you ate shit on the stairs.
1: Dropped
0: uh, <laughs> your bowl of cereal. And never graduated.
3: Uh, but I think that that's the, the beauty of it is that I've kind of, you know, learned from, you know, through yeah. the school of like doing this thing for a long time and being an athlete and getting this experience and doing that. And yeah, that's allowed me to have this unique insight into like, what athletes need from right. a brand in order for a relationship to be successful. And I know that in the in literally a one-to-one way. I was that person.
0: I mean, right. you, did, you did that constantly. Because you also, I think, one of the things that was unique about your cycling career is even though you raced for some different teams, mm-hmm. for a lot of your career, you had a big part in running the team that you were racing for or mm-hmm. the organization or you were helping to build it. Yeah. But you were doing a lot of the hands-on stuff in, you know, and in cycling too, cause it's a a growing sport. Right. Yeah. But like as the athlete, you're doing most of your own contract. Nego- like you didn't have at, towards the end you had a big agent yeah. who was helping you, but like yeah. not in the beginning. Almost. No, I mean,
3: no, unfortunately
0: I, I think that was, I it. think I proofread a
3: contract or oh, two for you. <laughs> I
1: mean, <laughs> Kylie, <laughs> some of them. Yeah.
3: Kylie got us paid on a couple of them. I mean, it was, you know, it's yeah. That part of it sucked. I mean, it I fast. think, I think, the, yeah.
0: Well, getting you, to you that place. Know What it, what what oh. it means to an, get an athlete. Get an agent. Yeah. Get an agent. You'll be so much better off. Well, and also when you have, as an athlete, when a brand steps up and takes care of you in okay. a way that's meaningful and yeah. is like, you're just like, it makes such a difference and it makes you such a better athlete because you're like, hey, I have this brand behind me and they're into me and they believe in me and they're, and it's not. Fucking like Nickel and diming me over every no. piece of content or whatever it is. It's
3: the game's changed a lot since I was in it. It's like very you know social social is really driving. I mean, I was always, I mean you before were way but, ahead of, but that. yeah before before it was cool to make content. We were making we were making content, which was you know kind of like the dream, and I, I think in a lot of ways was what you know prepped me to be ready for the social stuff. Um, the truth is, is that the, the pond just wasn't that big that we were in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. cycling's just not that big and, you know, winning, winning cyclocross races in the United States is cool. And we made it about as cool as it probably could ever be by, by, but really it wasn't even, I mean, that could have been about anything that could have been about CrossFit or running or what we were doing was really just doing an, a, a video journal. And documenting yeah. everything that we were doing, which is so much of what people are doing today. Right. But the reason that I don't do that right now is because I feel like I already did it. So you were
0: just like 15 years too early. That's
3: <laughs> like the 100th person were, to tell me that. <laughs> yeah.
0: 10. I mean, you yeah. were a good. Yeah. Ten years too yeah. early for sure.
3: But I love it though.
0: I love looking back at do that we stuff bring now. BTB back?
3: <laughs> BTB's not coming back. <laughs> I Something else though. I would love to start a YouTube channel. I, I think about it all the time. I have a ton of scripts written. I have a ton of ideas for shows that I'd love to do. I think at some point I will absolutely have a YouTube channel. How much of my days it takes, I, I don't know, but I still have some itches that I need to scratch <laughs> yeah. to like shows or things that I want to just do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'd still love to take people on journeys and like talk about an interview. And that's really what I think I, in the end, like that is my true north is that I like talking to people. I like learning about people, like interviewing people. And then the extraversion for, for me is like huge. I just, mm-hmm. I like being in it. Yeah, I like, I like talking to people.
2: I mean, you were, you were early, but you were also very good at it. I've, I've mm-hmm. been around social for the last 15 years as well. And like looking at it, it's like, you, you did a great job being an ambassador for the brands that you did work with and yeah. the teams that you worked with. And like, I think people recognized that. And that was really cool to see. And I, I definitely took a lot away from watching you over those years. And yeah, we were like, I don't know, it was like 2008. You were like, hey, we're getting Twitter. And we like, <laughs> we had to text in our tweets to a phone number that's that, that right, would dude. post it to a website. That was that so you, crazy.
3: <laughs> that was why it was 140 because that's what yeah. the text message was, right? Right, right, right. You had to Shit.
2: text it. This was before like the, Third-party apps, right? Before iPhone One, like yeah, we would. My Twitter still says it. Like joined March two thousand and eight <laughs> or something. It's, it's like, so
3: awesome. That's yeah.
2: fifteen years ago.
0: Isn't that crazy? It's a hot second. Yeah. But
2: that's how we would see the race results of of bikes because people would like be at the race texting yes. like Jeremy's yes. just crossed over the line. Yeah. Like
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, we were in the we were in that like kind of analog stage where it was just you know.
0: Yeah, trio six fifty land. (laughs) Well, cycling was cool because cycling was so early on a lot of that stuff. I mean, it was it was early on Twitter, Uh super early on, you know, all all sorts of things.
3: But yeah, it's because it's a sport that doesn't have a lot of coverage, so you got to make your own. You know what I mean? It's like one of those content-starved disciplines that or it was then It, was, it it's yeah. nowadays it's gosh, it's got maybe more coverage than it needs actually. Like <laughs> to be honest, like we're talking about the same things over and over. You're just like this story again, but yeah. um, there's still great journalism out there and, and there's yeah. still great stories. I think that's, that's the thing that I've, that I've always been interested in. Like you were saying, I always wanted it. it, it a show needs a central character that people then like g- grow to, whether that's like, you know, yeah, who knows, uh, Giada or, you know. General uh, Tager B- and B- Wednesday. Bli- Bli- Blippy or whoever. Yeah. Like, right, a show needs <laughs> that. But the truth is, is that from that main figure, it's how much can you educate somebody about the other thing that you're trying to get to? So for me, it was always like, well, we've got this you know, Australian cyclocross rider. And Australia doesn't have a lot of cyclocross riders, although maybe we'll convert you. We've got super nice beaches. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: you know, and so it's like, well, let's, let's hear why this person's over here in the US or why they're like doing this because this is very off the beaten path for them. You know, I was always interested, truthfully, in the human stories behind it. Yeah. We'd always go to like Jiro and Easton and like, I'd want to know what their factory was like or eco products, right? Or I would go to Rafa and we'd be like trying to talk about what was going on with their brand or how this... You know why this piece of clothing was really unique, or why they made it special, and what the, the 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 way that they thought of creating this design would then come back to. There's just storytelling. Oh yeah, storytelling. What do we got? We got oh, we, we got, got a, a
0: delivery. Yeah, we got a pallet of Quiver. Yo, or,
3: we got to do this. We got the we got quiver coming in. <laughs> Ow! we got to pause the show. Should, should we pause? Yeah, we're paused. Pause yeah. Okay, Matt, for editing, we're going to pause here because we're receiving the ballot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I
2: mean, this and, is, and
0: you and couldn't be any know, more in also, the... You could probably leave it running and we could have a snack. I mean, whatever. We're I'm pause. already eating. You're pause? eating?
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Fresh off the truck. It here,
3: get- take that oh. away from me. Otherwise, I'm going to talk. I'm fucking already, I can get already down tell.
0: Down I'm already talking Wait. Oh. I'll drink this. Yeah, drink that, yeah. We probably also have to let you go at some point. You have, like, yeah. shit to do today? What time I mean, do at have some detail? point I'm going to go do something, but. What are you doing right. for the rest of the day?
3: That's a great question. Um, probably going to work, pick up the kids. I'm going to, are we recording? I, I hope so. Oh. Yep. Um. Oh, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, I gotta go. That's I gotta really go. Good. I gotta go to an appointment. I got a bunch of shit. Right, is that
2: for me? Well, I mean, you just have to have a sit. Well, so we we had a quick little intermission. A,
3: de- a detour. A, a detour. Like a small. We were on a journey, that's- and we and we had to get gas. Yeah. And well, the gas, pal- the pal- gas, pal- equivalent the equivalent the gas is is. I mean, it doesn't get any more real than being here on the Quiver podcast, and then helping. What's the guy's name? Roscoe. Roscoe. Excuse me, Roscoe. Yeah. Just get the quiver.
0: Roll it off the truck.
3: Straight off the truck. This is probably
0: this is probably Cheers. The freshest decaf quiver you've ever had. Thank you. Thank thank you. This is is an
3: experience. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for having me on the show. This is delicious. I can't wait. Uh, this is one of my favorites. It is so good.
0: It really is actually pretty good. Honest
3: to God, this is the this is delicious it is it's amazing, I love what you guys do Thanks. Oh, that's yeah that's
0: why we're I mean, here. you are you are a decaf fan from way back
3: yeah, I love it I mean I drink caffeinated I mean yeah you go through you go through that yeah yeah if every you can't you can't always have no you can't always be on the red line that was what I was talking about earlier you can't be riding 30 hours a week and just drilling yourself with caffeine and coffee like oh my drink is only. It's, it's just not going right. to work it's just like too much. Mm. So yeah. So this what, is delicious though. If you haven't, if you're listening to the show and you haven't had a, a decaf quiver, you're just, it's like a part of your world that you should, you got to jump into. It's crazy. It's so good. A little nitro, just this big head, just delicious. Just brrr.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of realizing that I should be drinking these more often than I am.
2: It is so, it was, we didn't see that coming when we started. We we canned the the cold brew and we did the hibiscus. And then I think Kylie was pregnant with your first daughter or yeah. nursing. And she, she was like, Hey guys, you need to do a decaf. And I was like, why? Like I've never <laughs> drank decaf in my life. Like I had all of these notions and conceptions around it. And she was like, no, no, no. And I, she was like, can you do that? And I was like, yeah, we, we totally can. We're doing some small batches, figuring it out. We made it and it was so fucking good. Yeah. And we're like, wait, if if Kylie was nursing and wanted this, there, there's some other people out there that... Dude. And honestly, it's like 90% of our sales online is yeah. decaf cold brew.
3: I love it. Well, it's not surprising because it's delicious.
2: Right. There's not that many out there and there's not very many good ones.
3: No. I mean, that that's the thing. It's weird. This is the thing about... Not to talk about like it, it, focusing on something is a beautiful thing, whether that's bike racing or like in the case of whoop, it's like heart rate and then like drive, driving that. And in your case, it's like coffee, is like being focused on something, you know, it, it's I always use the analogy of like going into the ice cream shop, but they're selling like 300 trinkets in there. You're like, what? What? What is this? Is this like? Is this the ice cream shop or is this the card shop or is this the? You know, is this the like buy a gift for your friend's sister's brother-in-law shop? Like, what? What is this? Like, it's right. good to be. It's good to have a focus.
2: Right. Mukunda <laughs> did buy America's favorite decaf.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: Speaking
2: amazing though, though, that we a have a new URL. Yes. <laughs> Exactly.
3: Uh, yeah. I love that.
2: Yeah. So what's, what do you, your weekends look like? Are you able to separate from work over the weekends? You said sometimes a little bit of catch up, but-
3: Yeah, we had a like? big athlete win a race um, this past weekend, like a, a monument. And so we were, at, we were at Trader Joe's, but I brought my computer and um, he won. And um, then I just, I just hit the hotspot up. I let the, everybody go into Trader Joe's to get the Bomba Puffs, which oh, this it. is ridiculous. Get Biden on this, but we got no Bomba Puffs for another like three weeks. Wait, really? They're out. The Corn shortage. and hazelnuts are out. <laughs> do
0: they do They have the chocolate bombs. No, no. That's what
3: I'm saying. <laughs> oh,
0: wait. Oh, what a tragedy. The regular, do they have the regular ones? None.
3: Fuck. Zero bomba puffs. Green, um, do they have the green pea puffs? Nothing. No, oh, I don't know about those. We don't. Yeah. You don't mess with nah, the green peas? Nah, nah, nah. No. We were there for the bomba puffs, but they're out. But anyways, the he uh, <laughs> won and like I had to open up the computer for 30 minutes and just get you know the social media stuff in line, get the creative knocked out with the with the crew, and um, just charge the copy and make sure that everything was going because it was already the motion was put in place to get this post out if this thing happened and then it did not so yeah we had to hit we had to hit go but I was prepared you know like yeah. doing that on your phone would have stunk
1: yeah. it's just a
3: lot to do and to download and to try to get you need your computer so the weekends mostly you know between that and then in the winter I do commentary on the cyclocross races. So I work usually like six to ten a.m. from the house, from the little studio. I'll, I'll commentate the races, and then it's you know number uh, where are we on here? Family? Where's family? Oh, that's number one. At the top. Ah, number one. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> so then it's that. You know, that's the other yeah. thing. It's just like I want to. It's weird this time with the kids. I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. It goes quick, and I feel like if you're not present for it, you miss it. It, it goes. It goes really quick. So, like I said, a lot of skiing. You know, we'll take them for a hike. I try to give some some dedicated time and also give my wife a break. Cause she really wears the, she, she for sure does more, unfortunately than I do, um, just by design, just the way that our schedules are and the people that we are. So I try to, I try to give as much as I can on the weekends so that I'm not slacking off. You know yeah. what I mean? You, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta make sure that I'm also, but I want to, that's the yeah. difference. Like I want to, I want to have fun with the crew. It's not like it's a, it's not a, uh, you know, it's not a challenge or, or a hardship. I'm. I look forward to it. Yeah, you would. You would. Well, it is hard, actually. Let's be honest. Like taking <laughs> your kids skiing is like. Turns out, is a lot harder than just going skiing by yourself. Right. Why isn't
1: it getting
0: kids in and into the car?
3: Oh it's so gosh, fucking hard. I like, know.
0: We every, should focus on this. I tell I tell my girl like twice a week. I'm like, girls, for the next like. 10 to 12 years We're gonna get in We're gonna load up into the car A few times a day And like if we could just figure it out right now How like I just say load up And everybody knows we put Boots and jackets on and we get in the car That's gonna That would make everything else so much easier Still every morning it's like It's the one time I'm yelling I'm just standing out in the driveway just like
1: Get in the car
3: I was saying this to Emily, I was just like, it is the hardest and best, you know, it's that's what, that's what having kids is. It's like the most yeah. rewarding, but the,
1: ah, oh,
0: it's hard. They hate sometimes sometimes it's just hard. You're just like, man, it's just around. like,
3: someone's just having a meltdown at eight. Just like the pancakes weren't right. Something happened, you know? Oh just, yeah. yeah. You don't know why, but it's just, it's like, yeah, It's hard. I mean, sometimes I feel like that too. <laughs> yeah, I <don't. laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> mean, it sucks when the pancakes aren't right. <laughs> uh. Yeah
2: you you were traveling quite a lot during your career yeah. do you still travel a little bit I know a lot yeah
3: more <laughs> last year i did i did last year I did one k i mean i did like i did over a hundred thousand you know in a year that was halfway sh- still shredded by covid for the first half of last year, yeah, yeah, I still did a hundred over a hundred thousand in the plane, wow. so yeah, even more
0: that's crazy yeah. i
2: remember you you talking about like airport ninja moves Yo, yeah yeah what did Tell me where Dude. you came up with Airport Ninja, and, and no, it m-
3: still it still goes today. I just did a trip where I flew to. Um, this isn't me being braggy at all. This is no, just
1: this you is also just like-
0: probably own still own the URL <laughs> airportninja.com maybe. <laughs>
3: I wish I had patented it because people ripped it off, which uh, is always a weird (laughs) bum me out moment. But um, but yeah, airport ninja was a was a phrase that we had. And I wrote an article around it like 2008, nine, something like that for Velo News when I had this blog there. And it was just about the art of like knowing the right things to say. To avoid getting charged for your bike, or to getting an upgrade, or like whatever the thing that just made traveling a little bit easier. And actually, back yeah. in like that time, traveling was a lot more fun. Now, like all the airlines are consolidated, and it's all about like you know making money for them, and it's just a lot more. It's, it's like just a down
2: bed different You don't vibe. get that. It's nice, a way different free second no, meal
3: No. and no. it's just yeah, it's a service now. Before yeah. it was, it was something that you really you know they cared a lot they had to 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 be the outlier and to get more uh people to come to their airline they had to like do it and the truth is is that most of the airlines are pretty similar at least at the you know the top end i'd say like delta united you know jetblue whatever you're going on they're like all pretty much the same right. pick your poison you know um so um but i just i just ninjaed my way through this trip i went to london i had to do some some work uh for work i went uh, to London. I flew in. I took the morning flight. I got there in the evening, had dinner with someone, went to bed, woke up, did the event the next day. Then that next morning took the train down to King's Cross, took the, uh, the basically like the super fast train that goes underneath the tunnel um, and uh, got to Brussels, rented a car, went to the bike race. Then from the bike race, I was originally going to go back to the airport and go home, but they asked me to go to a training camp with them in Spain. So I changed my ticket, flew that next day to Valencia in Spain. Then uh, I couldn't get from Valencia back to New York where I flew in, flew out of. So I took a flight from Valencia to Madrid, spent the night in Madrid by myself, ate like um, patatas, (laughs) like some delicious uh, Spanish tapas and stuff like that. And then the next morning I flew back to New York City and drove myself home. In five days I was in, you know, but that's not normal. Like, not only is it not normal that, that someone could do that, someone could execute that, someone would know how to, like, you know, ninja their way through, like, <laughs> right. what flight to take, how to get there, how to not be delayed, how to, like, come back and then feel still. I, like, worked the rest of the day when I got back. I got back at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I worked from 2 to 5. Yeah, You know, so that's like, that's just, that's like seasoned traveler is what someone call. It. we <laughs> yeah. call it airport ninja. <laughs> right. <laughs> I,
2: I remember, I remember that. And I like, cause I was at the time traveling with my golf clubs as well, like the hundred pound large bag. yeah, And like always was like, I felt like there was more room to charm <laughs> and maneuver or like have some rapport with the yeah, airline well, stuff back in the day to be like, oh yeah, like let's wave that. Trade that, show display. Yeah, and it's like... This is
0: a, what I have here is a trade show display.
2: This is, yeah. Going
0: to a golf trade
2: show. And like, but like, I feel like there was a period of time, like you were saying, where like you could do that and there was like an amount of wiggle room and then it like, there's just like, yeah, no, that's $120, like you're at 50 pounds and one ounce, like yeah. there's no more wiggle room or like it, it got less fun, Yeah, but there was still a time there where I remember I came... My little story is like I, I was going back from the U.S. to Australia mm. and went through Fiji and they do some weird stuff in Fiji. Have you like, stopped in on one of these little islands? It's no. like the plane landed. We're on the runway and the, the flight attendants came down the aisle with like aerosol cans oh, yeah. that they had like arms straight down by their ankles and just like flooded the cabin with this like gas
3: it was, was like, like a well, germicide like, like, or
2: something. Yeah, like yeah. So they were like killing all of the- How do they keep potatoes? that
3: water so expensive and delicious? They don't I'm, let people like you off. I'm just they, they they hit you with that insecticide. It was, <laughs>
2: that was wild. And I, I don't know if it was the same trip or not, but like I used to stop in 90 on the way through to Australia, but I got there and Australian uh, customs is really, really- secure about plant life and soil or anything coming in from out of out of country obviously and i didn't think of it like i always keep my golf clubs clean but the bottoms of all of my golf shoes i had like four (laughs) pairs of golf shoes yeah caked with this like texas texas mud and i got lit up seriously Like they opened up my bag and they just started like (laughs) alarms going off there was like four agents came over and it was just like I was just like hands up I was like I was like wait what did somebody sneak weapons into my bag and they were like we've got like I forget the code for it (laughs) so they like whisked my bag off and they were gonna charge me like thousands of dollars for this like violation of
3: disposing um, of that the
2: soil bio warfare (laughs) and and I was I was like 18 at the time and I like played my case I was like look I had no idea they ended up cleaning my golf shoes <laughs> Sounds great. better than I'd ever seen them before. <laughs> they came back an hour later and this guy had, uh, God bless him. It just had cleaned <laughs> four pairs of my golf shoes and it was, it was amazing. I got a stern slap on the wrist and they we've, let
3: me back in. We've flown back with a lot of muddy bikes. I can't say it's ever happened. I think the U.S. or Belgium are a little more lax. <laughs> yeah. Like the yeah. U.S. doesn't care. No. Like, yeah, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It's going to go sideways anyways. Let's just get on with it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think that was, that was my ninja move to get, get out of that. And yeah. I was very grateful to that guy.
3: The truth is, is that, like, in life, you, you, you learn so much by just like, paying attention. But, like, at the airport, you see things that you don't see anywhere else. Like, it's weird. You also see it when you're skiing. Like, people melt down when they're skiing because it's hard, right? Their kids are, like, tired or they're, they're, they've had too much sun or, like, whatever's happened. You just see these, like, Jerry of the day moments, right? Where it's just like, <laughs> what the f- are you doing right now? (laughs) Like at the airport, you can see that like someone's very stressed out going through security and like they're yelling at their wife like, Martin you're an idiot and you're like oh no like this is so bad i hate seeing this you're like this is not the good version of them like they're probably really nice people but yeah they're super stressed out she's super stressed out he's clearly like not firing on all cylinders and like <laughs> everything's messed up right now and you feel bad for them but that's the same way when you go to check-in is like you know that i would say seven out of ten people have been an ass to the person at check-in like yeah. demandful because it's a service. So everyone wants and wants to feel like they they deserve something. They've paid money, so they want something. But the difference between like when you check in and you're like, hey, how are you today? Mm-hmm. Like basic human stuff is weird about how far it will get you. Like, hey, or you're behind someone that checks in and they're a complete asshole. And you're like, hey, I'm really sorry like, that that guy was a jerk to you or that woman was being a jerk. And I hope that you're having a great day. And you know, you're just like human about it. Yeah, that like goes a long way. They're like, yeah, yeah they're not gonna, they don't care if your back fifty one pounds. Then because <laughs> <laughs> 20- they're like, you're a nice person. Like you, you're just a human. You're a regular human that cares about other people. Like, great, that's a very low bar to have to check off. But the fact that you did, like, you're automatically in an upper rung at, at, in a situation like the airport check in. Right.
2: Yeah, emotions are <laughs> heightened at an airport.
3: Yeah, yeah. for sure, it's stressful. It's- I mean, it's stressful to get through the security, and if you don't do it very often, oh. then it's, you know.
2: Right, it's one of those, like, you've, we've traveled a lot in our lifetime, so it's like you forget that, like, this is people's first experience, and it's scary, and it's like. Yeah, I can't, I can't
3: can't imagine people that don't, like, I just feel like I live there. I mean, it's doesn't, three, four weeks, I'll be there again. Right, Like, I just, you know, I'm just always there. Yeah, it's crazy, but. You know, it's like everything you gotta. You, you, I think that that's actually probably the best education. That's what I can't wait to take my kids to travel. They're just too young right now. It's not going to be any fun, and they won't remember yeah, anything. Yeah. But I look forward to that a lot because I think the things that I learned the most from, like I feel like I got my my PhD in in being able to experience other other cultures. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what gives you that like perspective, and that's you know, like right now, there's a whole nother world going on. Like you think about China, and everyone's like, oh, China, China, this and that, and that other thing." But like, if you go there you do see, it's like, this is crazy. This is like a whole nother world. Go to Korea. It's like, they are different cultures that have stayed true to their culture is mind-blowing. Like yeah. Japan is a great example. It's just like, if you're in Japan, there's nothing that's really Western about it. Mm. There's not like a KFC or this or that. Like, it's it's properly Japan. Like, you're in it and you're in Japan and you're gonna get on with the way that they live their lives or you're just, you know, <laughs> that, you don't have any choice.
2: Yeah. Do you, like- you've been to a lot of different countries. Is there one, like if life was different, like you would, where would you live? Like if you, if you were just like, Oh, I'm 25, Mm. no wife, no kids. Like I'm not doing the cycling career or whatever. Like, do you have a a country that you were like, these are my people that I could, I could have assimilated into or
3: home, home is home. I think for me, for right, for everybody. I, I, yeah, home is home. I don't think I would ever want to be anywhere else just because there's something weird about. Maybe that's a weird, up. weird phrasing but, of the question, but but, but like, if I could spend more time, somewhere, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yes, I think I would spend more time in Japan. Yeah. In fact, I actually brought you guys a book over there from like the Zen master of Japan. Wow. For uh, thank, thank me for being on the show, but yeah, Jeez. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed my time there. I don't know a ton actually, mm. uh, but what I do know and what I've experienced in the country, I really enjoyed, and it's somewhere that I look look forward to go back to, and um yeah, I hope that I do get to spend more time there and, and understand the, the ins and outs of their culture more. Because it's been, yeah, some of my favorite and some of my most meaningful time spent traveling was always in, in Japan.
2: It's, yeah. I, it, I've always had a fascination with it. It's our second language in Australia. Really? For whatever reason. That
3: is bananas. In, I have no idea that. In, not for a million dollars would I have been able to guess that. Yeah. I would have said like Afrikaans or something. Like, I don't know, some other like weird, like, yeah, I have it, no idea. I would have said something different.
2: It's it starts in uh, grade grade six and huh. we get to choose between French and Japanese. Ninety percent of people choose Japanese, and it's very cultural centric. I didn't know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so, Indonesian? Don't they Indonesian? Or we, not so much anymore.
2: A little bit of Indonesian, usually in the younger younger grades. But yeah, I did four years of Japanese and just yeah, fell in love with the culture. I haven't made it there yet, but got to be conversational. Yeah, and. It just seems like such a cool place. And I remember you guys got to go a few, few times a few years ago
0: and yeah, yeah, we did. That was so cool. I mean, that was one of the coolest. We did a lot of, I got to go on a lot of cool trips with you. Yeah, we did a cool over the years, yeah. but that was definitely one of the coolest. I mean, for sure. It was not awesome for you because you spent the whole time in the hotel with neurovirus. but <laughs> <laughs> there were some downsides <laughs> to that trip, but it was, I mean, honestly,
3: in the end that, that, um, That race changed my whole life though, because, because it, yes, the trip was amazing. And we, we, we had like this great, you know, bro trip, you, me, Al, we went over to Japan and I did, I got norovirus from, um, from like this little Mexican spot that we would always hit when we were in uh, when we were in California, I didn't airport into that. But like, I left. I went to the World Championships in Louisville in, in Kentucky for cyclocross, and then I went right to a training camp in California. And then I, after that, I was going to take the flight directly to, to Tokyo with with these guys or met you there or something. I don't know. We
0: met. Yeah, we picked you up at the airport because we flew in okay. separately. I think. But
3: at, but at but in between that. Going to the worlds and then going to the uh, go hit having you know basically like finishing a big long bike ride and then going to this little spot that we used to go to somehow the food got funky and a couple of us got the norovirus from the camp and one of those people was me, dude. We we were so sick and I gave it to everybody. Everyone got norovirus. Everyone that was in the the crew the click was had norovirus. We were all just so so sick. But I raced and not only did I race, I won. Which to me defied everything you talk about the momentum circle you talk about the robert miles or elise dj song you talk about that those things when you have not eaten in like four days and then you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna line up there is no there's no world where anything should be possible when you haven't eaten in four days you're absolutely like you're in ketosis you're in mm-hmm. all of these things you don't you don't know, know it but like yeah. you've gone through hell you've just been literally like shitting yourself for four days straight right. and you're, you're completely dehydrated. depleted. You're completely like- depleted but I won the race. I'll never forget that because it, it really changed everything. It was like, you can do anything if mentally you put your mind to it. It, it. it, I have to say, it was like one of the most, I won a lot of, we won a lot of races. I say we because it was a, it was a team effort. But uh, man, that one always sticks out as being the wildest thing. I mean, I think I nearly died after it. I was like shivering. I had to have like, it was like seven, 60 degrees out, 65 degrees <laughs> out. And I had like four Patagonia jackets on. I was so I was delirious. Mm. I was in such a terrible place, but yeah. I did.
0: I did win that the race. Was, it was very impressive. I
3: was literally like shaking. Like my body went through some wild shit.
0: It was crazy. We were there probably two hours before the race started. We were like in the hotel room, which was like the size of, a, <laughs> literally the size of a postage stamp. Yes, like there's like four of us. The size in there. of this. <laughs> four of us in there. We were like trying to spoon feed you miso soup. <laughs> I had like brought some breakfast up from the hotel, which was like miso soup rice, some little like pieces of pickled fish Mm -hmm. and vegetables. And I was like, Jeremy, if you could eat a couple spoonfuls of rice, that would be really good. Like, do you think you could keep some water down? (laughs) Oh, it was brutal. Yeah. It's just a real,
3: you know, mentality, I guess we flew all that way. We went there and that race more so than other races, it was a a sand race. So you race it on like basically on a beach and, um, we had done a ton of training here in in the Connecticut River Valley, I guess, or whatever it will say, but along it's we have a lot of sand here. and um, I did a lot of time in the sand riding my bike in the sand under these big ruts and things like that. So having like a huge power or the ability to produce power wasn't the thing that was gonna make you go fast there. In fact, like being underpowered, and being able to just stay focused on hitting the lines and riding through them and then like ratcheting it up. But really like imagine driving and like if the if the car has six gears, but imagine driving and like comfortably in third or fourth gear between those two the whole time. Mm-hmm. That was the name of the game. Yeah, I still I still that race is just crazy <laughs> that you win that race uh, having not eaten in four days.
0: Yeah, that was, I think, I mean, I got to, I got to watch a lot of your racing career, (laughs) but that was one of the, that was one of the more impressive displays of like professionalism because you (laughs) really did just like, it was, you were in no shape. You'd had a fever for, you probably had a fever during the race. Probably. you like had no food on board. And also you were like, not only did you have to do that, but you got to like, sort of shiver for 30 for 15 or 20 minutes. And then we had to like bundle you up and like get me on the podium get you on the podium and get you like <laughs> signing autographs and get you like, and all these like Japanese people trying to take pictures with you. Yeah, there's like 20,000, like,
3: 20,000 20, people out on this little like beach in the middle of like just outside of Tokyo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, gosh, that was cool. That's where they, it was cool. Cause that's where the Olympic um, triathlon happened when they had oh, cool. the Olympics there is an Odaiba. And yeah, um, yeah, I was watching it just knowing like that's
0: yeah, that that's we- like
3: the rainbow bridge. That was like, like that weird that's little, like the area.
0: That weird little like trash island. Yeah. Like they made an island out of yeah. trash and it's super beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. yeah.
3: So sick. That's what makes it cool, man. Yeah. I don't know. There it's was just- that
0: crazy cosplay bridge too. There's this yep. bridge like that connects the island to the mainland. That's like a spot where on the weekends people come and do cosplay. Yes. You look out the window and all of a sudden you're like there's 400 people dressed up like cartoons <laughs> out on the bridge taking pictures of themselves, like, and that's literally what pe- the bridge is famous for. Just people going to the bridge to dress up and take pictures. It was amazing. It was a wild, uh, <clears throat> yeah. I have to go. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you it do have really
3: to is. It's such a it's such an experience. And I think the truth is that I haven't seen enough of it either. Like, I haven't been to any of the mountains or like the, uh, the other part of the island where people are uh, like, excuse me, island country where mm. people are. Uh, um like skiing and mountains and yeah the outdoor you know part like i haven't done any because you were just on
2: the one because there's yeah, the we're four just really, islands
3: really just in tokyo yeah just yeah. in tokyo um and, and it's like kind of yeah and it's spread and sprawl but that alone is
0: like pretty awesome yeah awesome i love it do you have any questions for us or anything is there anything ash is missing on this list <sighs> like I, keep- I mean i did a lot of talking which i knew i was gonna do i almost feel bad no no
2: usually usually it's, yeah that's why you hit usually it's just me and McCunder and we mixing it up with them. i
0: just listened to the third episode yeah and it's i mean it's hard we're there's, i mean we're doing our best here but
3: yeah no it's great no, nothing nothing. I, I, I love it i mean i'm gonna finish my decaf cold brew and probably have a day of it but you know thanks for listening thanks for watching with us
2: I love and it. Thanks for having yeah. me. No, thanks
0: yeah. thanks for having Thanks for being a part of this. It's I don't
2: know. I know we were going through like the list of potential guests and we were just like Number one, Uncle gotta get Jeremy. gotta get Uncle Jeremy.
0: Get
3: him over here. Yeah, yep.
2: just because we want to hang out. Like I don't see you enough anymore, and it's like we've I been know. threatening a sauna together. And I like know. I got to have gotta, you over at the we barn. We gotta man. get
3: it. We gotta get this going. I mean, that's yeah. it, right? Number seven, social life. We, we go. gotta get our asses in gear,
2: and we don't need much of it at this stage. It's like <laughs> you know, like I used to have like four nights a week of social life, like. It's,
3: like, now, like, just a little bit. It's, like, a generational study with, like, the Italians that, like, live in, like, Pennsylvania or something. Have you (laughs) seen this study? It's, like, basically the – the the, I hopefully I don't mess this up. My takeaway is that, like, basically Mediterranean diet, of course, like olive oil. But also, like, turns out that all that shit doesn't really matter because actually what makes them live a really long time is that they constantly get together with family and friends and they enjoy each other's company. And that turns out is what actually makes them live a really long and happy life. Right. Makes sense. So we only be thinking about those other 11 things, uh, which are s- super important, but turns out that like social life or, you know, family and relationships is. Right. Quite possibly. Quite, yeah. quite up there. Quite high up. Or what do you think about? What's number one for you on this list, Dash?
2: What's number one?
3: Or, yeah, what's your. What, what, what thing sticks out to you the most?
2: At the moment, it's, it's spiritual. I'm beginning my spiritual journey and trying to figure out what that practice is and i'm excited to get into that zen book because i've been reading a lot about the the two sects of zen and even sambo zen like the combination of them yeah and i'm really interested in sitting and koans and so i'm getting really curious about what my spiritual journey looks like
3: cool so all right that's that's what's sticking out to me at the moment that's that's what you're working on we already know what i'm we already know what i'm working on i talked the whole time what do you got what's Cause we're going cause well, the thing is, yeah. is then you check in on this. You right, gotta, right. you gotta keep, yeah, you gotta yeah. keep tabs. You gotta so. keep tabs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's all about family. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just, that, that's just, that's where we are. It's where we are. That's, that's where where like kind of the only thing that matters. It <laughs> just like, I would just like to be a slightly better husband for my wife Yep. and a slightly better dad. <laughs> yep. me too. But that's just, yeah. And all the other stuff. I think is going to fall in place behind it, but I don't know. And okay. gratitude practice. Cause I think that that's like, whatever. It's easy to get into the negative Nancy vibes and yeah, I don't know. It just, I, there, I have a lot to be grateful for. I'm super grateful for my health. I'm super grateful for having you in my life. I mean, mm. we've known each other for 20 years now or something <laughs> like that. It's crazy. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the amount, the experience, it, I mean, first of all, I'm grateful for just the hours. We've, we've probably shared <laughs> fucking, I don't know, 100,000 hours. A lifetime, literally. <laughs> a lot of hours. Yeah. But, yeah, all the places we've gone to together, the amount of laughter we've shared, I just, I... Yeah, we've it's, lived some life. It's not, we don't, we don't have a ton of time now because our no. lives are busy and things are crazy. But, yeah, it's been... I'm just super grateful to have you as a friend and to have you in my life. And I've learned so much from you and had so much fun with you mm. over the years that that's, yeah.
3: Likewise. Awesome. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, yeah. It's kind of funny. You like, get old and you like look back. You're like, this is what happens when you get older. It's like, you know, you yeah. lose time. You gain time. you like, it's just,
0: yeah. Well, and having a lot of history is fun. Like it's yeah. like you start to be like, <laughs> You're like, oh, fuck. You know, like, I don't know. But there's a lot of water under the bridge. <laughs> there <and it's- laughs> is a lot of water under the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, at some point, you just are like,
3: that's who they are. Like, we got to we gotta take them for who they are. Or, or, or who they're becoming, too. It's like, kind of, that's the nice thing. It's like, everything changes.
0: Well, no, I would say one of the things, I mean, obviously, like, you're a world-class cyclist. Was. Was. You're, <laughs> you know, you have a lot of, you have an amazing skill set around marketing. And so, like, you you are very much a high performer um, in your working life. Yeah. And that's awesome. But I think the most impressive thing about you, even more than your cycling career, is I like I actually honestly don't know if there's a person that I know who has who has grown and changed like more as a person wow. than you in my life. Like I don't I know a lot of people, and I know a lot of people who have done some amount of personal development and work and have grown. But I don't know that I know anyone who has, who has traversed such a distance. Like from when I met you at 18 or 19, (laughs) (laughs) I I used to make a lot of funny noises, (laughs) but you know, like the kid you were then, which was honestly like kind of intolerable. Yeah. I mean, great. Like, but, to to who you are now mm. is like it's it's just it's radically impressive. Yeah. Well. I mean you're it's it's a long you have picked up and acquired so many skills and done so much work on yourself. Mm. You know, and traversed a very big career and a very big life in a way that always sort of steered towards greater self-development and like you know, I don't think it's a lot to say that that wasn't like you didn't come at it with that skill set. Mm-hmm. Like you came at it as like, you know, you, I don't know where, like that happened at some point, but like you were like, oh, there's, there's a lot to learn in this life and, mm-hmm. and you've really gone after it. And that's, that's been so cool to watch and be a part of.
3: Thank you for saying that. Um, as, as, that mean, it's very meaningful. And I, I think the thing that I would say is that actually it was moving up here living with your brother and <laughs> Makunda and Al that got me out of a, I was never in a bad situation, but I definitely was a kid that had a lot of energy and my mind was going 10 billion miles an hour. And that, that energy and that intensity came out in a way that once I found a place that was like, I was going to learn some life skills. You guys are absolutely the foundation. That's why I look at you both as brothers. It's like, you guys taught me Everything that I didn't have as the well roundedness. You guys rounded me out. I like had a good upbringing. Like I had good manners. Like I knew what I was supposed to be doing, but I was a total reckless. Like I was, I was literally a shot out of a cannon, just like, I mean, truly, I was very, very fast paced. And um, it was that like, Yeah, definitely like you guys being older, that's why Al, our good friend Al, Donnie, and we're gonna living with them at Linden Street, like we were talking about earlier was that uh, the beginning of me like kind of flapping my own wings, not being a crazy person, not doing this and actually realizing that, God, having two solid humans in my life that like knew shit about the world was so, you know, on top of kind of being on this trajectory of being a semi-talented cyclist, but with hard work and determination and a great, like social life and friends and building blocks about like someone to look up to or things to, and also like we had a lot of things in common. Yeah, We both didn't like school. We were both kind of going to school, sort of not, but really we were both like, you know, but we also liked eating. We liked exercising, like sitting in the car and talking about life. That stuff taught me so much. And so forever grateful for how, um, you know, you guys have been a part of my world too. It's been, it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, there was a lot of like the early, In the early days, there was a lot of like, no, Jay, we're not going to go smash mailboxes right now.
1: Like, like, hey, I know that race didn't go so
0: well. We're not hopping in the pickup to go smash mailboxes. Thank you (laughs) for that, honestly. Because the truth is. There's a lot of mailboxes that are safe. No, there's a
3: lot of. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, yeah, it's. The energy came out in weird ways, let's be honest. Let's just just be serious now. Everyone
0: was 17 once, but.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't know if we're going to get a better ending than that, I don't but think think so. thank you for saying that. It no, was well, really means no, a lot. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And no, thanks for having me on Ash. No, anytime. Yeah. It's amazing. You're it's, it's yeah. You've, you've become a better human and a better friend and dad and husband than you ever were a cyclist. So <laughs> and you were, pretty.
3: you were a world-class bike was Thanks man. It um, means a lot. It's, um, you know, and I mean, I'm not just saying that to blow a smoker to be the right answer, but it is, it's nice. No.
0: You're the kind of person, though, that I feel like you've had a very big and impressive career, and at your whatever, you're coming up on 40. And I have like a very strong feeling that that your best contribution to the world hasn't started yet. God like, that darn it's it. not like a uh, way to coast <laughs> <laughs> Like, you've just been warming up for like whatever the thing Jeremy's gonna do is like, s- this has all still been the warm up for it.
3: Yeah. I think that is something that you learn a little bit down the road is just that like patience is the, is the thing is like the more patience that you have, the more clarity that you're going to get. And I've realized that so many times where it's like, that is the lesson of like post racing life is that actually, if I just looked at the racing less in the microscope like that, like, Oh, this result was bad. So now my season's going to be bad. And if I look back and I'm like, Hey, post racing, it's like, you know, GCN was a land like, whoop is going to be a chapter you, you start to like kind of open the aperture on the lens a little bit and you're like right okay we, we maybe haven't even gotten started yet which is like definitely like a Gary Vism. ism it's like dude you haven't even you haven't even gotten going yet that's fun to think mm-hmm. like because you're like well if, and also if you think you're going to a hundred it's like shit we're not even halfway yet like we're 39 right now so we're not even like Jeez. we haven't even really gotten going yeah. that's crazy to think that way that's a definite like a, a different mental state
0: we're gonna all stay tuned
2: hey ash here again just wanted to say a special thank you for listening to the show but also tell you about the quiver club we've created a patreon for our quiver community where we offer the largest discount ever on quiver products as well as discounts from our favorite partners who support us in our search for our best selves by joining you gain access to heaps of discounts show notes extra content and a bunch of other perks So, if you're interested, you could head to patreon.com forward slash quiver and join as an early supporter. This is a discounted rate available for the first 100 listeners. Thanks again and hope to see you there.